Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Gentlemen, before we begin, I feel like I should firstly apologize for not being part of the, the last podcast. L- last two? Maybe. Well, no, you were. You no, were. We just didn't two, record it. Yeah, two out of the last three. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's been yeah. technical problems. Uh, there's been me being called to do an interview with Matt Banahan, which prevented me from being with you on the last podcast. So, well done, gents. Banners. Um, banners. And finally, um, you get to hear me without any alcohol um, <laughs> in the system. <laughs> in my system whatsoever. Do you it's all flushed out yet? Oh, I blew an open. We're so. now one week down the line. Although <laughs> I did crack open and toast England's Grand Slam victory and we'll get into that. This as is the, you should. As, as you yeah, should. Quite right. So let's get into it. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. So yeah, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. You can get in touch with us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes and on Acast. Actually, I've got a couple of uh, reviews that have been left on uh, iTunes. Ooh. And pl- please leave us your reviews. We very much appreciate it. Uh, like this one. Um, this one says... And it's from someone going by the name Jamie Roberts Jaw. I look forward to the podcast blah 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 five stars Uh, banter almost as good as James Haskell's which I take as an incredible compliment the the best yeah what a compliment a huge compliment and um Good quality podcast was another one good bunch of guys from Froswick so uh, yeah leave us your your feedback on iTunes uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and there we go so uh, before we get into the Six Nations, I've got a little game of Who Am I? Ooh, go on then. For you. So, Phil and JB, and play along as you're listening, see if you can beat JB, JB and Phil to the answer. I'll give you some information from a Wikipedia page of one rugby player. You have to try and buzz in, guess who it is. If you buzz in, get it wrong, you pass control to the other person. So, this person was part of the... JB's <laughs> phone. <laughs> this, this rugby player was part of the last England squad to win a Grand Slam prior to this weekend okay 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 also had a career moonlighting as an athlete in a different sport at one point huh. mm. okay uh Dan Luger oh my word straight off the Boom. bat yes it's Dan Luger <laughs> how do you like me now wow can you remember what he did Sprinting, he was a Luger, I was gonna say. Luger. He was a luge, yeah. He did bobsleigh. Bobsleigh, yeah. Luger did. Luger did uh, a variation of the luge. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand and nine. He 
um, went into bobsleigh. That's right, yeah. he did. And do you know what his middle name is? It is something. I'm going to say it's something like Bodan or something, is it? Darko. Yeah, yeah, he's... Um, <laughs> Danny, da- Danny, Danny Darko. Danny Darko. Oh, very good. Um, but yeah, he was a proper like Rolls-Royce of a rugby player, wasn't he? Well, when he was fit. Yeah. He <laughs> was kind of like a Rolls-Royce. You drive him for about four hours and then he needs two hours worth of servicing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. JB wins the spoils on Who Am I? That's the only thing a Welshman's going to win this weekend. Absolutely right. Well, no, we did batter Italy by a record score, to be fair. Well, yeah. this is true. This is true. How do you feel, Phil, 24 hours after England's victory? Delighted. Delighted. Please, I'm pleased that that team, who've got so many talented players, but for kind of four years have won nothing, have finally won something. Um, I think it... I don't know, it feels like they've got the recognition that that they deserve for doing that. But I don't feel like a huge amount has changed, and I still think the team has got a huge amount of work to do over the next few years, um, starting with Australia mm. in the on the summer tour. So, all positive, all good, but I don't think this is... Um, this is the, merely the first step for this team. I think so. I completely agree with that, and it's interesting you referred to the last four years, and the commentary team... Towards the end of the match, I think Brian Moore made the point that Stuart Lancaster should take some uh, kind of, uh, not credit, but some comfort in the performance of that squad because largely that was the squad that he brought through. Well, do you, do you, do, I could yes and no. Yeah. No, not really. Well, yes and no. So he's, he's done a lot of things right. But uh, Mike Friday, um, former England Sevens coach, yeah. uh, is currently involved in the USA Sevens. Uh, he t- he tweeted a picture saying, um, "You can give everyone all the resources in the world, but if they're not quite good enough, they're never going to be good enough." And I think that's qu- I think that's right. I um, think Lancaster didn't have that last five yeah. percent. Well, um, well, sorry, Welsh Dai Lama on Twitter also tweeted and said, "Do you know when someone opens a jar?" And then you claim credit for having spent the, the last little while just <laughs> loosening it. That's Stuart Lancaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's exactly like that. Very good. I'm completely with you, Phil. And actually, do you know what? I think a lot of work is still to be done. But I actually look at it and go, it's frightening how much better this England team could get because Kieran Brooks in at tight head. I think you upgrade the team when, when he's back and fit. I'm convinced it's a huge upgrade. Maybe not a huge upgrade. Nathan Hughes into the back row. I'm, I'm interested. Or at least yeah. off the bench, yeah. at the very least. And, oh, and Henry Slade, who made his comeback today after injury for, uh, for Exeter. 10, guaranteed, nailed I him. think he will end up as England's 10. I know uh, you mock me for it, but I think he'll end up as England's 10. Well, I'll tell you who won't is uh, Oli Devoto. So he's going over to Exeter. So that might actually mean that Slade moves in once Steenson's gone. Yeah. Slade has always said he wants to play 10. He is yeah. the most naturally gifted player, I believe, that England have. And I think he'll end up as our 10. Mm. Um, but it's how much better oh, Tualangi, Tualangi if he stays fit and gets back into the mix is, I think yeah. England, England could get even better go on, go on. Jay? Uh, I tend to agree actually um, I'm oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah I tend to agree and I also think they've got a good young core however I do think that Eddie Jones has benefited massively from Cruz turning into an absolute dominator this season and then he's got his stable mates and yeah. together, they're just an absolute wrecking crew. And it's funny, actually, because when you look back at Stuart Lancaster's reign, you think he w- it was quite fortunate he would never have picked Jonathan Joseph had it not been for injuries. Injury. I don't think he planned to play, certainly not start, Maru Itoji, maybe apart from the Italy game, as a one-off. He was talking he was talking him down massively. You're right about Cruz. He has just stepped up since World Cup. Hell of a player. Frightening. 
Yeah, but but I don't think he ever intended to play a Todgy. But the two of them together have given England a world class lineout. Yeah, he could do a yeah. little bit with a little bit more in the scrum. Not a huge amount, just a tiny bit here or there. Nathan Hughes and Kieran Brooks. Um, not sure, Kieran Brooks. Uh, Nathan Hughes. The the benefit of Nathan Hughes is that if bit yes, if Billy is out. You've got a ready-made replacement. Or get shut down by France, which they did quite well. Yeah. It's, it's a real, real good option. Well, both France and Wales shut down Billy really well. His his carries went from the... Uh, sorry, his metres made went from 80, 90, 100 mm-hmm. uh, in the first three games down to 40, 50. But that should just open it up for other players. I don't understand why that doesn't happen. But they don't have the other carriers. Because so the other Has- carriers are guys like Haskell, who Haskell has negative Rob- or zero yards, generally. Because he, he's working so hard. Yeah, yeah. Haskell and Robshaw, they, they do all the, the hard work, but they're not carriers. If you could bring... So, yeah. Say if you could have replaced Robshaw or or Haskell with Nathan Hughes. You need someone who could does have run riot. You need someone who does the hard work. And also, it's not necessarily the case you need a carrier in the back row. England could do with a second row carrier. Mind you, Atochi's carrying well. Atochi's a pretty hand. And, and Cruz, Cruz does his, does Cruz his, does his fair share, definitely. Does his, uh, That'll make all the difference, though. How about, because we'll sort of end up discussing the games as as we go through this, how about we select uh, our Egg Chasers team of the tournament? Okay, fair enough. That sounds good And to in, me. in doing so, we'll kind of touch upon lots of the things that cropped up in the game. Yes. I, I think the hardest position I had to actually pick was number one. Yes, it was the toughest one for me. Well, no one's outstanding. That's the thing. It, everyone, every game at some point there was parity in the scrum. You don't go back to one game and say, "Yeah, dominant." Abs- yeah, com- completely correct. Yeah, yeah. I actually went for Evans from Wales. Mm. He's probably most consistent because he started every game. Like Marler and Mako, mm. um, Mako when he played was arguably a little bit better, but he only started two games, so it's more difficult. And how about that uh, that set move that they've got the double the double prop smash and roll. What was that? <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. The uh, Mako and Cole oh, combination yes, for the yes. try. I was looking try, forward to yeah. the. Um, <laughs> I was looking forward to second row crossfield slice. I think that, that was next up, wasn't it? Um, it could go with Evans. I think Jack, Jack McGrath's a, a pretty That's hand, a good handy shout. player as well. That's a good shout. There's no doubt about the hooker. He was one of the players of the tournament. Hundred percent right? for me. Hartley? No. Girardo. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Girardo has to be. And probably no doubt about the tight head either. Uh, I'd go for WP now, yeah, yeah, and because he's so key for Scotland, mm. and he will be key for the Lions as well. I, yeah, I, I think he would be. I'd, I'd take him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Who would you put in the second row, Jay? That dominant English pair, uh, Todgy, I think, and probably Cruz. I think I'd say at the moment, possibly Cruz and Charteris, maybe possibly Itoji. Alan Wynn, Alan, maybe. Alan Wynn was a little bit quiet, I felt, by his high standards. Mm. Well, he he's, he's still one of the best. Yeah, he in does the different world. things. I mean, he's not an outstanding player in terms of, like, a Todgy, you think, oh my God, he's amazing. And also, because he looks different to everyone else, he stands out. Whereas Alan Wynn just does donkey work over and over again. I think if you were to pick a Lions test team tomorrow, you'd have Cruz and uh, Alan Wynn Jones yeah, side. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'd go with a Todgy and Alan Wynn. I think I'd, I'd be starting the Lions No, starting the Lions I'd have a Todgy on the bench. Well, you've got a year row. to go. So let's, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rowan, starting tomorrow, right. I, I would pick Wynn Jones and Cruz. Who what? would Saracens pick? <laughs> they, Saracens would love Alan They'd pick Jones. someone out yeah. of the championship and pluck him out and make <laughs> yeah. him incredible. Alan Wynn Jones would fit in very well with And the they would Saracens. pair him with? Uh, <laughs> probably Cruz. I'd say they'd probably pair him with the Todgy. Possibly. Uh, back row. You see, I, I, there's two, I think, standout performers, and I'd go CJ Stander and Billy Vanapola. Yeah. Now, that's... I would go with that. That's too. the guy that England need. 
CJ Stunder. CJ Stunder. Oh yeah. By yeah. next to Billy. He's no, all action, talking. does everything. CJ Stunder when Sean O'Brien comes in and gives him a lift carrying as well. <gasps> that oh. was when they get to especially share when they get, the workload. Especially when they get Henderson back fit in the, the second row doing some carrying as well. Oh it's frightening. That is yeah. that really is. And then do you go do you give Hardy from Scotland or do you give Rob Shaw? Because for me they're they're the other two standout back rows. Hmm. I mean, who, who have you decided on seven then? Well, it's either well, Robshaw six, Stander seven, or or Stander six, Hardy seven. Well, I, I would personally say Stander definitely six, Billy definitely eight. The seven. Well, who's been the best seven? Uh, well, Stander wore seven, didn't he, for Ireland? No, he wore no, six. No, he I wore think. six most oh. of the time. Yeah, Tommy O'Donnell and Josh. Yeah, Josh right. I, I, well, whoever, it's not coming from Wales. I don't think Warburton's been up to his high standards. I don't think Tipperick's. No, often much. Hardy's a very good player. Hardy is a good player, but he hasn't won a Grand Slam. He's not. Rob Short has been outstanding, but he's not a seven. Oh, <laughs> here we go. He's he got not star. Uh, Just hey. let him wear that six, six and, a half and a half shirt that him and Haskell <laughs> yeah. were holding up in the well, dressing I mean, room. After. I love that six and a half. I, I, I think if you win us at Grand Slam at seven, get, give him a start at the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a strong argument for that case. Yep. I would personally pick Rob Shaw over Haskell, but I can see the merit of both. All right, fine. What a, what a difference a shirt makes. Kind of clear as mud there. Then uh, half backs. Then nine, in my opinion, most pivotal for their team has to be Laidlaw. Mm, that is so important for Scotland. It, He's such a leader. In what regards, though? Uh, well, partly his kicking. Yeah. Partly his tactical kicking. He scored a, a try. His running was good. His distribution was good. His decision making was good. He led well as a captain. Mm. I think Laidlaw. He's more important than any of the other nines. So, See, so Wales, I agree. With... Davis played really well. Yeah. He's interchangeable with Webb. Youngs and Care pretty interchangeable. Mm. Murray's very important, but I don't think he played well. Let's, let, let's eliminate like them. Let's just say we're not going to go with Youngs. Yeah, Laidlaw's interesting because he, you're right about all the things he does. He does the kicking, he does the leadership, but you've also got to say that the leadership and the kicking will be done, done elsewhere on a Lions test, probably. So well, you need to focus just on the scrum half. Well, we're not picking a Lions team. We're picking a yeah, team. Oh, well. sorry, yeah, so, yeah, so okay, this team, team as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're quite right. You're quite right. Both make good points. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back Phil up and go with Laidlaw. For, I would for go the with Gareth Davis. Cause Gareth he, Davis is the name I had down, but I, I and he runs like the Millennium Falcon. He just <laughs> goes. <laughs> Ten, I found tricky. Uh, mm. I would personally pick Sexton. Yeah, that, that's. But he's a that's coward. I, that was where I was edging. <laughs> he's but, a disgusting uh, uh, coward. Go on, JB. You take this one. I thought I was going to have to take the mantle of this one up. But you well, go yeah, for it. I'd, I'd happily pick Sexton, uh, except for he, he no longer even belongs in this game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible, horrible man. So, so. You're, you're referring to when he was Dunbar for Scotland, uh, did a sort of flip wrestle type tackle, which was. Definitely a yellow card. And it was, if, if it was a yellow card for being reckless. It wasn't a yellow card for tip tackling. Uh, it could have been dangerous. He didn't land on his head. He didn't. He landed. He, he went a full one eighty. He, he went did. Past which is Tor- which is why it was reckless. But yellow, yeah, he yellow. sat up. If he'd have landed on his head, he held his head. If he'd landed on his head, he would have been a red card. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And it, it was only a few degrees away from yeah. landing on his head. Uh, Sexton, understandably, well, no, I say understandably. I don't think any player should appeal for a penalty. No. Understandably was annoyed. Understandably was annoyed. Particularly given his concussion issues. So understandably is annoyed. But the ref, and there's enough cameras to deal with this, he should not, he should never appeal. Never, yeah. ever, but ever. But it wasn't the appeal. The appealing was, was, was like issue one. Issue two, which I found even more distasteful, was after he'd appealed and put his arms out in a big crucifix position. Uh, they, they, they should have nailed him to the floor. <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> nailed him. <laughs> there, well, he nailed himself to the floor because yeah. he very quickly 
rolled on the floor holding the top of his head, which, as far as I could tell, made Didn't, no contact yeah. with What with an the awful individual. He, yeah. But he got roundly... He got thrown in the air he, in a game of rugby. Yeah, he got... No, he so, got... He got roundly given a massive amount of stick on social media. Do you know what right everyone misses, misses out on this? Because everyone says, oh, yeah, he got thrown. He got thrown. Did you, the amount of physical strength to throw a grown man who's a professional <laughs> athlete. Uh, he's Johnny Sexton. Barrel rolled, <laughs> he barrel rolled him over his, over his back. It was Dun, quite... Dun, Dunbar is a big boy, is, big strong boy. Is that boy. watching the, um, the, uh, the, the NCAA? It was incredible. <laughs> right, I'm interested to see who you got in centre. Um, now... I think it's interesting. I think there's there's two questions here, and there's one if I was going to pick um, the team of the tournament, and one if I was going to pick a Lions team tomorrow. Right. So the team of the tournament, I think Jamie Roberts was outstanding. He was consistently he was in outstanding. This game and he has been through the tournament. Yeah, in every game he was his performances were as high as I've seen him. Yep. I wouldn't necessarily pick him for a for a Lions team because I think he limits your attack so much. But well, I, I well, would have him in the team of the tournament. Uh, he's definitely in my team of the tournament. And in, in, interestingly, maybe we can pick up this, uh, this with Wales. I, I saw, and I, you know, I, I've probably bored you in the way that JB bored us with culture through the World Cup. I probably... But I was ho- so right. <laughs> well, I, was... I think I'm so right on this. Uh, you say Jamie Roberts limits your, your performance, but what I saw from Jamie Roberts was a Jamie Roberts that had been given a bit of freedom and given a bit of confidence. And Warren Gatlin said before that Jamie game, Roberts does not like confidence. <laughs> Well, he's a confidence. six foot four. All right, all right. He, he's one of the well, best in the world at what he does. He's a doctor. He he's got so much confidence. He struts around whichever club he wants <laughs> at will. Whatever he's lacking, whatever he's lacking, it's not confidence. Mike Phillips <laughs> said that he felt that the Wales team in general were felt shackled and a bit nervous to play, and it seemed to me like this was a a Wales team that had been the, released. Um, but the, yeah, the, they were the, definitely released. The, the lead had been released, and Warren Gatland talked about how he wanted to try and change the way that Wales played, and they've been talking about it, which is what I've been really hoping that they would mm. do ever since the World Cup. And I have been disappointed largely through the tournament. However, Jamie Roberts was making more than three yards. He was off. He made four. He made four. And <laughs> he, was, four. he was offloading. He, uh, is it, you talking about the offload just before the end of the half? He did several. Because I, I made that up. I didn't see any, actually. I, I watched the game again after you said that. I've seen lots of passing. I can tell you how many exactly how many offloads well, Jamie Roberts offloads, passes, offloads is, is a type of pass, right? Go on. Uh, he passed 12 times, which is quite There you go. Jamie Roberts. Jamie Roberts passed he, 12 times. He offloaded just the once. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I can see what he you're did, saying. He, but here's what I'm he saying. He did run 77 yards, which yeah. is astonishingly high for Jamie Roberts. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I do agree with what you're saying. It would be nice if they opened up. I don't think Jamie Roberts can do it. and I think You the, said you don't think the Welsh team can no, do it. No, I don't think they can. Um, I don't think Bigger can and Jamie Roberts. I don't think any of those individuals can. Uh, you need a change of personnel. But this is Italy. I mean, these are world-class rugby players. If you put them in a, a couple of grids and ask them to do you know, offload against one and one or two defenders, they could do that. You, you're but they can't them, necessarily do it against You're calling them world-class players, but if you, you, call, you, you can't say, oh, they're world-class players, or oh, I don't think they can play rugby. Other, uh, other than bo- one out Bosch, it isn't one out Bosch. It isn't always one out Bosch. The, what the well, Welsh look do, at what they did in the World Cup. Well, they were in a dogfight. They they lost every game that they were in um, by less by well not less than a score because because they would have won. Yeah. Um, All right, by a score. So they're always in contention. Now, when it's time to open up, they can open up. I'm heartened by the noises coming out of the Wales camp. And Warren Gatlin saying he wants to play more rugby. He doesn't. He, he, he hates ears, rugby. So. And I'm hope, I'm, as I've said before, I'm hoping oh. Rob, Rob Howley gets a bit more. And a little bit license. of a uh, plug for the midweek domestic po- podcast. If you want to know anything about offloads and exciting rugby, 
We've got to talk Jags later. Oh, yeah. We've got to talk Jags. We need to get some sexy music when we talk about <laughs> Damn Jags. Damn right. <laughs> Not just because their kit is beautiful. The game they... Oh, wow. Uh, the other centre, I went for Michel Campagnaro. Uh, he had a couple That's of a, good games. Who's I, the ginger one? Uh, Garcia. I like him. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a gladiator. Yeah. Do you know who I went for? Fire away. Duncan Taylor. Very good, yeah. Mm. I thought he was surprise package. He scored a sensational try against France. He carried so well all day. And he, you were saying the other, the other week um, you didn't see him as a winger when Saracens played him on the wing. No, he's no. shown in this tournament he's got a real turn of pace. I mean, he got back tracked back to tackle Tom James in a try-saving tackle, scored a try from 60 yards against France. So he, he might be faster than we realise. Yeah, deceptively fast, I think. I, th- I think in a, in a poor Italy team, uh, Michel Camp- Campagnaro, Campagnaro has had a brilliant well. tournament. Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't play. Did um, he? Who no, was it? He absolutely. No. I thought he played Jonathan Joseph off the field for about ten minutes. Yeah. But I mean, he really, he really did. Like he dumped him, he yeah. ran over him for the first half. Yeah, and he, then he. Uh, well, he can't Joseph do it. Scored three tries. You can't beat England on your own. So no, you can't. Well, it's him and Parise were the only two trying. Uh, wingers, then the return of George North. Oh, oh my word! Fun. He's finally back to his wow. best. Wow. George North, definitely. 100%. He was jinking and stepping. and That oh. try he scored wow. was superb. The other wing is not so clear. I don't think... what I mean, Watson's a tremendous player. Is he much, much better than Noel? Vakatawa had an outstanding game against England. I, I wouldn't put him in my team mm, Interesting. No. I don't know a player in world rugby that loves to run into touch more than him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he always beats the first man. Yeah, he always beats the first man, but the and first one sh- is you, is usually the assistant referee. <laughs> I, I, he just loves it. <laughs> I remember playing like primary school football. The coach always used to say, if in doubt, kick it out. So maybe he's just kind of... Run out, just run out. If it's, in doubt, run out. It's like you've uh, playing PlayStation, you've just dropped the pad <laughs> and the analogue stick's pointed in one direction. <laughs> just casually glides off the pitch. He did that three or four times in the first half alone. Uh, who's the other winger for me? No one in Wales. Uh, what about one of the Scottish lads? Uh, well, this had only played half the tournament. Seymour, Seymour had a couple of excellent games. I think games. Noel's been really good. I, 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 take, I love him as a... I take Watson I, over Noel. I, I love him as a, a guy that reads the game and um, yeah. he rarely gets caught out positionally. Yeah, I'd go with, I, I go with either Watson or Noel. I'd yeah. probably edge Watson. I'd go Watson, I think. All right, I'm happy with that. And fullback, I think we might have, we might be in green, but we might have different. I don't know. I, well, hog I, for me. It, again, this is two different questions. So, yeah. team of the tournament, I would say hog. Hog. If I was going to start a Lions test in New yes. Zealand tomorrow, I would actually pick Mike Brown over I hog would. because he's uh, he is safer. Hog. I pick Alex Good. <laughs> Deal with that. <laughs> hog does have uh, the occasional. Uh, Misposition and defensively not as not quite. But as when as he Brown. runs, oh that try that try again, yeah, um, against Ireland was sensational, mm. and he scored a brilliant one against France, and he's setting them up as well. His offloads are brilliant, isn't it? I find it funny that a lot of people that maybe kind of begrudgingly liked Mike Brown in Stuart Lancaster's reign really really love Mike Brown. In under Eddie Jones, I think it's just a representation of that kind of nasty streak. Like we, we just don't care what you think. We're going to do what we want. We're passionate and I we're kind of like tough. There is, there's a lot of a lot about Mike Brown that I respect tremendously, but there's just something I don't quite like about him as a rugby player. That that is, I think his attitude's great. I, I'd love him to play for Wales. But as a rugby player, I think he just misses that next bit. He's a good runner. He's not the fastest, and sometimes he just makes the wrong decision, particularly going forward. He d- he did. It, I thought this week was probably the worst game I've seen from Mike Brown for a long time. 
after seeing one of the best games against mm. Wales yeah. for a long time. And he well, he made a couple of bad decisions. He he's quick and he's got great feet, but he's not he's not like um, Anthony Watson quick. No, he's not or uh, Elliot Daly or Hog. Or Hog, like that. Yeah, Hog is, Hog's quicker as well. It's one of those very harsh criticisms, which is, oh, we didn't make the turn one pass. He didn't make the turn one pass after putting his hand in a Frenchman's chest, flooring him, and then breaking the line. Yeah, and making so, 40 yards. Yeah. Exactly. Um, another thing Mike Brown does add is a, a left boot defensively. He's got a massive left boot, which they England use intelligently as well, use as a wiper and a, as a second option. Intelligent probably describes... A lot of England's play. Um, they just, they just seem I, a lot calmer, don't they? Do you know how I would describe in, in England's play? Yeah, very English. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's good, hard pack, honest. It sounds like I'm, I'm describing like a menu: locally sourced, <laughs> honest, <laughs> not no, locally mostly, sourced. We go to locally sourced. <laughs> we go to New Zealand, <laughs> Wales to get our to get our <laughs> British English beef. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they seem to be playing a very English brand of rugby, and I and I for one like it. I'm I'm fully on board. Yeah, I, I do think uh, against France, you talk about intelligence. I thought they panicked in that second half. Yeah, they found themselves seventeen six up at one stage, and then just gave away penalties. It felt like after that, every time England got three points, the restart they would just mess up mm. and give a gift three points straight to France. Yeah, because I don't think France were in this, actually. I mean, they, they technically were. Yeah, you made but, you made me feel a little bit nervous uh, when, <laughs> when after 10 minutes of the game on our Twitter feed, at Rugby Podcast, JB declared, this is the beginning of the end of French efforts. <laughs> I, 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 and the following 70 minutes, uh, France showed up as probably their best performance but, that they've had under Guy Noves. Look, if it was Wales playing France... Um, I'd be equally as nervous. But from a neutral's point of view, I never felt France were in it. They tackled hard, but they don't have any real plans going forward other than individual brilliance, which they do have some of. Yeah, and the individual brilliance got them into the 22 repeatedly, but they never managed to finish it off. They didn't yeah. score a try. They scored 21 points. Exactly. All through three seven kicks. kicks, whereas England did score three tries. So England just let England just let, let away silly points, but other than they, that... They gave away silly points, and some of their decision-making, particularly early on in that second half, you just wanted to calm them... Calm uh, care, um, calm, forward, down, because they seem to be a bit jittery and a couple of kicks straight into touch, a couple of charge down kicks, a Mike Brown charge down kick. Mm. Just they just need to relax. But thankfully, like, as I said before, none of that team have any, ever won anything with England. No. Um, I, I guess there's a few people from the 2011 uh, 2011 win. Was it? So if you're already Jones, Nations win. If but you're already Jones, now over that hero, hurdle. If you're already doing this now, what, what changes would you li- be likely to likely to make, or which areas of the England team are you going to improve? Well, Short term, long term. Yeah, well, we could take this not just for England. We could take this across the board, like um, the chances in the Southern Hemisphere, and and the not not getting into real specifics, and the general changes uh, to actually go down to the Southern Hemisphere and come away with something which no one's really managed to do. Well, where are Wales going? Uh, Wales are going to New Zealand. New Zealand. Well, that's the end of that. Let's, let's just write that off. Well, actually, yeah, let's write that off. Well, don't forget, New Zealand have just had six of their best ever players yeah. retire. So the, there's uncertainty, like, who's going to play 10 for New Zealand? I mean, Wales who's going to be were, the starting centres for New Zealand? Yeah. Wales was heartbreakingly cl- close to beating South Africa in South Africa twice. Yeah. You know, it, it's a you know, story of Wales over and over. But ultimately, this is the best incarnation of that Wales team. They might do it. I doubt it. I, I think if... If, if, ever, do it. if you ever want to go to New Zealand and win, this is the summer to do it. Uh, uh, what an awful one to win as well. Just one after the World Cup. 
Wait, what does it mean? <laughs> precisely the, precisely what I think. What does it mean? Could you? I'm not saying reinvent the rule book. I'm not saying do something completely different to what served Warren Gatlin so well over the years. But I'm just saying if you could just let this team off the leash a little bit if without we... without the fear of it knocking you out of a World Cup. I, look, Warren Gatlin's a very practical man. And I believe that once um, Williams is fit... Uh, and playing that he will he will come in centers. instead of Jamie Roberts. Are you having a laugh? No, I'm, I'm not. Really? I, I think, and also not we'll only see. that, you can have a whole season now or a prolonged period where Jamie Ro- uh, where Williams and Davis are going to be playing together. Sorry, is it this season or next season? Next season. Next season. season. Sorry. So next season might uh, might, uh, might 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 be when they bring it in because they're going to have their three most attacking players on the same team. So it could happen, just not quite yet. Mm. Mm. So I, well, that, that's what I'd like to see from from Wales going to the Southern Hemisphere. But actually, I kind of agree with you, Phil. They're, they're, they've got they don't really have many other people they can pick that no. aren't already involved. No, no, it's true. I mean, you you see with the injuries in the World Cup, some of the names that got called up are players you didn't really recognise, or certainly no, certainly we didn't. They could do with another prop or two emerging. Yes, I mean, immediately. Yes, yes. immediately. Gethin can come off the bench for ten minutes. Maybe, maybe against Italy. I think it's time to uh, turn him into glue now. Yeah, he's done, isn't he? <laughs> well, you could stud him. He's probably earned that, <laughs> hasn't he? <laughs> Just send him out into the valleys. Get him, get him out with the locals. Come on, it's too miserable. <laughs> um, in fact, that's that's maybe what Wales should do with their ex-pros. No, no, no. Because no, we're already some... doing it with Mike Phillips. <laughs> no, no. He's a one-man stud farm. We've had some terrible ex-pros. Goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ireland, right? Because so, they, they've found going pretty tricky this championship, haven't they? Uh, they have. I think more down to injuries. Um, I, I, I do think it is more. So, um, Paul O'Connor retiring is obviously massive, mm. and not having Henderson to come in and, and replace him is not like for like. But I think Delan looks like a guy that could get into the the Lions squad next year uh, some people have said I've not, I've not seen anywhere near enough of him no I, I just I'm, I'm, I'm projecting where he where he could be a year from now Connacht uh, second row uh, okay he looks pretty pretty useful to me yeah he's a big boy athletic good good player but yeah we'll see we'll see yeah. with him so, so Ireland go to South Africa in the summer uh, and the big thing for them I think he'll just be getting their players fit if they get their players fit they've got a decent chance of, of winning a game or two mm. uh, in, it, interestingly They've, with um, Carney, Rob Carney being injured, they've been starting Zebo at fullback, and for me, it doesn't really make sense, particularly when you consider you've got Jared Payne playing at outside centre, mm. who is a fullback convert, who's a superb fullback converted to outside centre. I think they would have been better putting Payne to fifteen, um, moving Henshaw across to thirteen, and putting McCloskey, my boy McCloskey. Uh, at 12 oh, okay. I tend to agree with that get that big unit in all oh, the South Africans will love him because Zebo's a great runner but he's a winger isn't he through and yeah, through he's a winger his defensive positioning isn't great his kicking isn't great whereas Payne his defence is superb his positioning is superb he reads the game very well and he's got a decent boot on him so I, it's a bit of a pity for Ireland that we didn't see see that combination because that could arguably be a better long term solution to the problem mm. uh, but in Again, to, they, just getting just getting their players back fit. Yeah, just get Keen Healy and Mike Ross back fit. Uh, we need to see a long term solution at tight head, uh, rather, yes. rather Nathan Nathan White and Mike Ross. I completely agree. And uh, and Sexton doing a little bit less of the uh, 
acting. Although here's a question: if he if he wanted to give up rugby and go into acting full time, and following <laughs> on from Saturday, he you know he showed that he's got some promise in the uh, acting arena. What what role would suit him best? Did you see oh, Christian Bale in The Machinist? <laughs> <laughs> Is that where he lost he, about he eight lost, stone? Yeah. I, I, I can't follow up like, on that. Like seven and a half stone. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Well, uh, um, another stone that we love a lot, Cornerstone. Oh, JB. oh my word! Is that the, is that the segue to end all segues? Uh, Continuing the segues. Hopefully, it is. Uh, thank you to everyone so far who's signed up to Cornerstone. Uh, it's been. I, I, I'm genuinely amazed by how many people have done this. Well, no, do, do you know do you know what's really good about it, JB? It's that um, a lot of our people that have tried it are telling other Egg Chasers listeners via Twitter and all the rest of it. Um, that they like it and so what I like to think is actually we've just set that little ship sailing we've introduced the United Kingdom to Cornerstone which is a an organisation mail order shaving company which we found and we started using and we thought we'll introduce our listeners to it and they gave us a deal and they're giving you the same deal £10 off and you get a free engraved handle with your first order you can cancel at any time etc etc well worth having a look at um, and I just like that people are telling each other now well, kind of, I like the yeah. fact that it just works I just get razors and then I can shave it's and a, that's it yeah it's no fuss good quality product everyone wins and £10 off your first and time that, we, you know we wouldn't bang on about it if we didn't believe in the product, all and got it paid, is, and it is, <laughs> and it is precision German engineering, and it and exactly, it, and it is uh, superb quality. But more importantly, you can basically have a go at, without really spending any money. You can get your free engraved handle, and you can find out for yourself. Your free you engraved like shaft, it. Tim. Yes. Shaft. perfectly balanced Sorry. shaft. Perfectly exactly. balanced shaft. Engraved shaft. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so if you are are interested, that's cor- uh, that's cornerstone forward slash egg chasers or cornerstone.co.uk forward slash, slash egg, egg chasers, chasers. thank you uh, or at the point of sale or whatever it is the checkout put in uh, uh, put in egg 10 cornerstone.co.uk slash forward slash egg chasers 10 pounds off free engraved handle nice one beautiful segue jb get us get a segue us back out into rugby somehow oh <laughs> uh, no i can't i can't I, uh, I i need i need a couple of seconds to think of these things um what about um who's got a big beard in the uh, Scotland team. Oh, Seymour, oh. Seymour, um, Seymour and Lamont and Josh Strauss. Yeah, if if Josh Strauss ever decides to get rid of that big bushy Game of Thrones beard, he could use a uh, he could use Cornerstone. Exactly, exactly. Scotland. Right. Scotland. They almost they, they got close to doing what you predicted they would do, Phil, and winning three games in the championship. They had some really good moments and some quite disappointing moments. The most disappointing thing is the two yellow cards killed them. Yep, the Barkley one early on and uh, Dunbar. Later on, um, Ireland scored two tries when Barkley was off, and that absolutely killed them. It gave Ireland the cushion that they needed because until then, Scotland looked great. They'd scored that sensational hog try. Their scrum was solid. Laid low was kicking sticks and controlling controlling the game. So close, but not quite. Next year, three wins for Scotland. It's really difficult, isn't it, to say how much more can Scotland give? How much better can, can they get? And I'm not sure they can get that much better, actually. I think so. In, injuries did play their part. Like losing Bennett, um, Dunbar's only just coming back. Mm. Visser wasn't available for the first few weeks. Losing Finn Russell, only having WP Nell as a genuine tighthead <laughs> international yeah. class. Yeah, that's something that they've got to sort out. Um, losing Johnny Gray, Johnny Gray's superb yeah. all he, he actually should have been mentioned in the uh, the second row stakes. Yeah, and I think he would go on a Lions tour, definitely. Um, 
So I, I think get some fitness, get a full fit team, and they can worry any of the any of the teams in the Six Nations. So it'll be interesting to see how they do develop. Yeah, I think they can upset most teams. But if you think like... Win, you know, a, se- win play... a series or win a World Cup, yeah. win a Six Nations mm-hmm. Championship, it's tough doing it five times in a row. No World Cup. But they, they were... Well, they arguably should have beaten Australia who made the final mm. in the World Cup. So mm. uh, I don't think it's that far away from them. I think that they are restricted because they've only got two pro teams. Yeah, I think the best we'll ever see Scotland... And by the way, two pro teams isn't a bad thing, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, the best we'll ever see on Scotland is a team that is kind of exciting and on its day can beat anyone, but on average is going to still win two to three games a year in Six Nations. Yeah, I think that's fair. Hmm. Uh, why? Why is it good? Because just like Wales with their four teams, but with a bigger player base, you've got to send your boys abroad. And when you do, you get Laidlaw playing nine for Gloucester, which means someone like Robson can't, can't play nine for, for Gloucester. Now, he's found work elsewhere, but if they could send over, I don't know, 12 nines, they'd be, they'd be in, a, <laughs> in a great situation. But it does mean that Laidlaw played two weeks ago, so he didn't have a rest weekend. Visser yeah. played against Sale when he should have had a rest weekend. I'm sceptical about... Duncan Taylor had played when he should have had a rest weekend. I am sceptical about how, the value of these rest weekends. Where oh, I think it's vital. I'm not sure, because when they're not resting for internationals. They are playing Europe, domestic, Europe, domestic, Europe, Europe, domestic, all the way through. Hey, um, as in they're, all, they're playing their domestic leagues and they'll play European rugby back to back to back. So this season they're not going to get any rest any, anyway. And in normal rugby conditions, when they're not playing internationals, they just play through. So I actually no, no, don't think the always, rest... always in the Six Nations you have two rest weekends. Yes, I and get so, that the, so the England players. But in terms of all those England players, yeah, all, uh, all those players who, essentially, yeah. who, are, uh, yeah. who have the who play for England, they're limited to the number of games they can play per year because it is so important to get those rest weekends. And mm. I, I don't know about you, like playing a, I played a reasonable standard, and when you play like eight nine games on eight nine weekends on the bounce, and your body is knackered, you're craving that rest weekend. I'm telling you, it, it, it's a big psychological boost as well as a physical boost. I get that, but they are pro athletes. I, I don't. I think too much is made made of those rest weekends. Personally, uh, I, I think not enough is made of the. You know, if you're keeping them together together as a squad, well, that's different. But the actual rest itself, I'm not convinced it makes a huge amount of difference. The, that France squad, where 15 of their 23 went out to. And played in the the top fourteen, and then they got pumped by Scotland. Well, I well, guess just just think how long it took this week to get yourself back to normal and in full hundred <laughs> percent. And that's all we did was have mimosas <laughs> every day. That was I'm physically sure that was same. that was as physically demanding as an international <laughs> test rugby game. Yeah, team. I mean, I don't want to use the word hero, but God, we were heroes. <laughs> I can't. But when I t- when I t- was telling my mates about it, they went, "What four? Four nights out, well, like like big nights. It's like yeah, yeah, four big nights. Well, like <laughs> didn't stop. What were you like? The, what were you like the next day? Well, we we had to kind of get back on it, otherwise we would yeah. I would have. Or we'd be did, wasting money. Well, well no, day, day <laughs> three, we would have crashed and burned. Day three by midday, we'd have seven seven pints of Guinness because the wonderful Bayon bomber boys were looking oh, after God. us. And oh, then day four, word. it was mimosas. Funniest, half a dozen mimosas. The funniest story about Bayon rugby, right? It's the fact that this is, designed... a new, this is a New Jersey rugby team. We watched the Wales England game, England Wales game. They've designed their own badge. The badge right? is brilliant. But then they've got to cover up the badge in case it's. Uh, no, they've got to cover up the badge in work 
in case it upsets people. And the badge is a woman riding a nuclear bomb with a scarf <laughs> like of, a, an Ameri- of an American like flag. A cheerle- like a cheerleader. Yeah, it's great. A blonde books and cheerleader. It, it, it doesn't look dis- uh, dissimilar to something Virgin Atlantic would put her. <laughs> it is brilliant. Uh, and England going down to Australia then. I mean, what I love, Eddie Jones has oh, already well, said. He's already said. Just on Scotland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know where they're going to? Argentina. No. France are going to Argentina. Uh, where's left? There'll um, be some good games. I'm quite... that, they'll uh, be Japan. Good games. They're going to Japan. Got oh, fantastic. A couple of tests in Japan. Oh, that reminds me. I got a package through from Canterbury. Ooh, where's we it? got the very, very last Japan shirt that Canterbury have. Wow. Yes. What when, size is it? Uh, large. Oh, perfect for me. Perfect the for can- me. The Canterbury... Uh, no, but uh, the Canterbury the... player fit. No, it's not the player fit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we, we may, we may have, uh, come up with something to do with it, but when Japan beat South Africa... We'd all, we'd, me and you, Phil, had been umming and ahhing about buying a Japan shirt. Yeah. And then when Japan beat South Africa, I went, right, that's it. And I went in and they were all sold out. Yeah, you couldn't get them anywhere. For love, no money. And then that Rugby World Cup roadshow um, that Canterbury did in Manchester that I was hosting, th- there was one in the little mock changing rooms. And I said, oh, you got a Japan shirt? And they said, oh, yeah, that, that's the very last one that there is. <laughs> that's an amazing shirt. An amazing shirt. And we've, we've managed to get hold of it. So either we just be selfish and hang it in the rugby dungeon. I think here. we should hang it in the rugby dungeon for a little while until we find a reason good enough to give it out. Well, um, here's an idea. Yeah. You can shut me down or edit this out of the pod. Happily shut you down. But we very recently, as in yesterday it finished, had a competition in the Exodus <laughs> Fantasy Rugby. I Fantasy want to enjoy Six, it for a few weeks. Maybe. Fantasy Six Nations. And we could possibly give it to the winner of that. Oh right, okay. Well, we'll have this discussion off the pod, but yeah, let's let's for the time, let's talk we've about. Got, if if not, we've got lots of other. I, I know. Make, I know. Yeah. Why don't we tell the winner they can have the Japan shirt eventually after we've enjoyed it for a few weeks? Yes, that's a good idea. So we will hang it up for a few weeks, and then maybe mm. if we change our mind, they can have it. But in the, let's have a discussion. Yeah, off let's the have pod. a discussion. <laughs> let's have a discussion. We're not having <laughs> it, all right? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Uh, but we should mention the fancy rugby league. We can go back to Scotland and England, but as you brought it up, uh, I, I like this tweet from Ollie Bayliss to at Rugby Podcast who said, chaps, and he's talking about giving out prizes for the ESPN Fantasy Rugby League. He said, oh, you, you should give out a prize to the best team name. His favourite is a team called Exeter Gently. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Exeter Super. Gently actually were the highest point scorers this week. Seriously? Yeah, 127 points. Fair play. Congratulations, so, um, Exeter Gently. And, and Exeter the... Gently. The um the low or the biggest faller in the week was miles better than Benjamin. Oh. They fell they fell four hundred and sixty one places. Wow! Week. Can I be honest? Because of the New York trip, and I haven't done I haven't tinkered with my team at all. Well, Phil's not tinkered with his either. And what Me happened? neither. So I I didn't tinker with mine for two. Weeks. I did change, make some changes this week, but I forgot about it for two weeks thanks to New York. Uh, and I've gone on today, and Tim, you I'm, placed. I haven't touched it since week two. Two hundred ninety fifth. Oh, I'm, I'm alright with that. Uh, out of, I think, 688, something like yeah, that. That's right. Top half. Uh, five, 588, and you finished 295th Ooh, uh, just with 372 points. I had 463 and finished second in the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Wow. You finished second? Without making changes for two weeks, very Oh, annoyingly. you could have won that Japan shirt for I know. and But I'm seeing as I, if we do decide to. Uh, give the Japan shirt to the winner then I can very easily 
get rid of the person who won it. Meaning that I'm meaning that I'm top. Block him. Block him. James behaviour. James Maguire, you're very close. My fingers just hovering over the delete to the remove get, button. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Oh, <laughs> well done, James Maguire. I should also say uh, I did finish joint second uh, with Robert Campbell. Uh, Bob's Bobcats. Well, so he certainly doesn't deserve a Japan shirt for joint second. Joint second, no. Joint seconds gets nothing. He would also be deleted. What sort of players if, uh... did uh, James Maguire, the winning team, have in? Uh, so what was his team name? Sl- Slippery Schmitz. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, um, I, everyone, we both scored very similar. He scored one one eight this week. I scored one twenty. Uh, so we had similar players. He had bigger Jonathan Davis, George North, uh, Hog. And Anthony Watson. He had CJ Stander, Devon Toner, George Cruis, uh, Girardo, Jack McGrath, and Rory Best. Um, mm. And Itoji as as a back row because Itoji was counted as a back row for this. Madness, absolute insanity. It is insanity. Uh, so well played. Good work. We'll uh, we'll let you know about your prize. We've got, we've got, <laughs> some, we've got some good stuff knocking about. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll let you know. Yeah, get in touch with if if you want anything. You got pride, and a got lot of pride. He's um, an Irish Irish chap as well. Uh, yeah, and unsurprisingly, in the League of Leagues, Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast stands head and shoulders. Above Seriously, oh, do we? Yeah, that's outstanding. Uh, so the of so the ESPN. Just again, if this is all gibberish to you, let me just recap. ESPN have a Six Nations Fantasy Rugby League where they invite anyone to be part of. You can play on your own in the overall league, or you can be part of a mini league. And we had just short of six hundred people in our Egg Chasers League, and of those leagues, they average the scores of everyone in them, and they and they award they award a league of leagues, and Egg Chasers once again for what the third year running. Definitely the second year running. Definitely probably second year running. Third, probably the third year probably running. Probably tenth year running, I think. Probably tenth year running. We are the top of the League of Leagues, which means... Have that. The other way of putting that is, collectively, you, us, all of us together, are the most informed, educated rugby fans on planet Earth. I like to think fact. of us... Fact. I like to think of us as a Saracen-style hive mind. Exactly. One brain, just lots of different parts being controlled by the same brain. But all effectively doing the same thing, which is dominating. Exactly, exactly. Tim. Yes. Apart from today, oh, we'll, we'll talk about the midweek domestic pod. So, this weekend wasn't the only in international rugby, allegedly. So I hear it wasn't. Phil, I, Phil was up bright and early on Saturday morning. Did you, you watch this? I, I watched the full game. Wow. Um, it was. From it kicked Tbilisi. off about. Uh, yeah, it kicked off about half twelve. What was the tournament called? What's this tournament called? Uh, it's the European Rugby Champions Cup. Uh, no, that's, no, the, that's, 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 that's the Heineken <laughs> Cup. European Rugby Tier 2 competition is what I know it as. Yeah, well, whatever that is. Uh, NA, oh, I don't know what it is. And who was playing, like, um, Lichtenstein in, against Belgium or someone? In Tbilisi, Georgia <laughs> wrapped up the title by beating Romania 39 points to 8. It was something like that. Uh, 39 yeah. I think it might yeah, have been. 39-9. Uh, it, it was a... Dominant performance by Georgia. Georgia looked really, really good. Did they have all their players? Pretty much, yeah. They had... um... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Well, uh, Mamuka Gorgodza was certainly there. Mm. The 15, they had uh, props and second rows that I recognise from watching Top 14. Even Cornerstone could handle some of those but some of those boys. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Of course, Cornerstone could. Um, but lesser razor companies couldn't. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it was just a really, really good game. Really enjoyed and watching what, it. Uh, what was the crowd there? What was what was the situation? S- small crowd, I guess. Uh, Fifty-five thousand people. What in, T- in Tbilisi? That's in, it. In I didn't even know it was fifty-five thousand people in, in Tbilisi. <laughs> in their national stadium, it's a hell of an atmosphere as well. Because I was That's watching amazing. Because there's a live feed online. There was no commentary or anything, so you just get in the crowd noise, and the crowd noise was brilliant. Every there was no commentary. Every hit. Oh, I think we found it. Found we a job could for have ourselves. taken care of business there. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Come on, we couldn't have done a worse job than no, no this is true. could we? Let the boys play. Let him play. <laughs> Let him play, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Play so every time Gorgodza gets the ball, we'll just we'll say hit slow mo and play some yeah. sexy music underneath. I tell you what, Gorgodza was getting absolutely smashed. Some of the Romanians were enormous. Their I ro- bet their team talk was all the great get Oaks. Him. What they called the. The Mighty Oaks. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mighty Oaks. Um, he was getting absolutely smashed, but he was offloading every time. His offloading game was incredible, and there was always a man there. Well, if you're Romania, you've got you know this Mr. Mr. Fancy who plays at Toulon with his big exactly. paycheck. Exactly. And they're grizzled men. Yeah. That's, they must have been targeting him, surely. Oh, they were. 100%. And he, he's basically got a bounty on his head. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so 55,000 people... Uh, dominant win from Georgia, who have, as you mentioned, some of the best players in Europe playing for them, along with Italy underperforming and getting spanked by a record score to Wales, led a lot of people, us included, some of us included, to again highlight that we need, Mm. arguably, to bring this nation and maybe other nations into the fold in some way. Brief bit of history, because I remember... Um, looking into this and Romania were quite good in the yeah. the 80s they were part of the first World Cup do you know why do you know why they were good no because it was an army sport oh okay so the army made them play and that's why they were good and and, uh, and under was the communist regime everyone yeah. was a conscript as well yeah the, the president or whoever he was the dictator uh, is it saying uh, Radachoyu Maybe, but he was a big rugby. Or was fan, he? Wasn't was he, he a West Ham striker? <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have been. Um, someone will let us know at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Someone with a bit more uh, historical knowledge. Yes. Than us. Uh, but uh, Romania, around the time of the first World Cup in '87, there was a lot of calls for them. Get them in. These these guys are really good. We should support them and fund them. Uh, that didn't happen. They weren't involved in the Five Nations as it was then, and they just plummeted. 
and when and that possible rugby nation was was lost and it's just starting to emerge again now um italy we learned from our mistake and we brought italy through and albeit they haven't had a good six nations tournament they've been a brilliant addition to world rugby yeah um hmm. and it's how do you how do you do that? do you expand it to seven or do you have a promotion relegation i disagree with you both i disagree with both those things how would you do it well what makes the six nations special well, uh, well his, history. How well, okay, then. Well, then let's get rid of Italy and go back to Five Nations. Well, because that had all the history. I wouldn't be adverse to that. Um, I think the Six Nations, the history of like England versus France, although France were latecomers, but you know all the um, tri- you know, tribal going on between Wales and Scotland and Ireland. That's what makes it, that's what makes it special. And I don't necessarily think just bringing the country without that history and plonking it in the tournament would help. It, Italy's a prime example of that. Now, if there's 55,000 people going to watch Romania versus Georgia, one might suggest that they've already got their history and they're already building something quite special there. So why necessarily dismantle that when you could actually have a regional tournament which could stand on its own legs? And I think we should be supporting that with player release and outreach to those countries with coaching. Well, then and let's just well, do again, that. Again, well, let's not bring them into. The well, let's take Italy out and let's take Argentina out of the Tri Nations because they, they, they've got no history in that tournament. So let's get them out of that. Um, because I, the reason being is because you've seen the impact it has. I well, I don't actually think Italy. Oh, sorry, Argentina were caught, were semi finalists in the World Cup. Yes, on more than one occasion. But Italy haven't. Uh, so you know you've got a mixed bag but there. The, but, now I would say Italy probably would be more suited to going over and playing Georgia and playing. Romania than playing in the Six Nations. So I'm not adverse to that one bit. But I think it's that history. And I think a Georgia game against Russia would interest the Georgians and the Russians far more than Georgia against Scotland. So why not spread it as a regional tournament there rather than bring them into, um, into the Six Nations? And then if it works, you've got summer tours, you've got autumn tours. And that work, that well, works for me. I, I think the history thing is, is completely relevant because, like Tim, you, you rightly said, Argentina have no history with... New Zealand or Australia or South Africa, but it, well, it, Southern it's Hemisphere the... is different. To be fair, well, well, well they, they were but, talking about Argentina but, joining the Six Nations at one point. Yeah, yeah. but Southern Hemisphere is different. Okay, Southern Hemisphere is basically a bunch of new countries. There wasn't really an Argentina populated by Spanish people, and same with you know Australia, is, New Zealand. I don't, I don't get why the history is important because it is. It's a traditional rivalry. Well, then let's yeah. go back to no World Cup and let's go back to uh, how how far do you want to regress to to the historical thing? Let's have it where it's amateur players and go on, yes. no no World Cup. Yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> go on. <laughs> Only private schools. Yes. <laughs> um, I think the history thing is nonsense. I think standard and consistency is the most important thing. So I wouldn't be averse to having some kind of split with. Um, like Portugal finished bottom of the that that tier of the Six Nations, relegate them into the tier below because there's multiple tiers to these things. Mm. Um, there's another one with uh, Sweden and Germany Holland. And... Oh, Germany are in. The... Oh, they're in the second Germany one, are in they? the second one. Aren't Belgium, yeah, yeah. Moldova, Ukraine, Netherlands, Poland, Mol- Sweden. Yeah, Moldova's actually one. got a lot of rugby going on there. It's just a small country. <laughs> a lot of props going. They've got on one there. prop, <laughs> uh, and they've got a second row. Who <laughs> can't remember his name, but they've definitely got one. <laughs> um, so yeah, Moldova finished second in the the kind of third tier Six Nations. So there could be a restructuring with Italy maybe dropping down. I think what we do that is might be an interesting to see you, Italy versus Georgia I don't think Georgia it's something you can, you can introduce now, retrospective to the Six Nations. It would have to be something you say from 2017. Yeah, this yeah. is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Would you be honestly as excited to watch England Georgia as England France? Well, I'll I'll take that question. 
and I will say, due to the historical rivalry involved, uh-huh. the, ri- what- the risk is that you are shorn of a fixture like England-France. And yes, there is part of the romantic rugby loving his part of me would go that is a shame however let me ask you a question in follow-up because this is what this is where my head Please? goes this is where my head goes to would you like to watch a world cup 20 years from now where 10 teams could win yes well, yes I would. that's my starting point yeah yeah but i think you've i think we've got the same end point because it's not a start point the end the same end point got different ways of getting there and i'd also say International football's got nothing about it really because when they play, they don't tend to play England, Scotland, England, Ireland, England, Wales, or you know whatever combination it's Liechtenstein or Faroe Islands, and no one really cares. So I think actually keeping the competitions relatively regional, and they they have the ability that Russia could be developed. Um, you know, if, even if you just go Russia, Georgia, and Romania. They could be three really powerful, really good clubs. I think it's our responsibility to support them with the standards and the coaching yeah. and all that okay, stuff. Well, oh, 100%. But just on the history thing, I think I think that France team, if they travelled to Tbilisi, would not have it all their own way. No, they wouldn't. Particularly given that a lot of the players play in France and are uh, sons of players who went over to... Uh, Georgian players who went over to play in yeah. France. So... I think I think France could genuinely lose and if they travelled to. Do you know who'd Georgia? be the biggest loser of a dominant French, Georgian, Romanian team? The French national team, because there's no restrictions on players coming in. They'd have even less French players. <laughs> Just have a few more Fijians in there. Well, yeah, no, yeah. but so if that uh, personally, I would like to see at least a two tier, and I quite it's quite an interesting idea about the the three or multiple tier with with. One up, one down, whether that's by a playoff or just promotion yeah. relegation. So in this occasion, for example, Georgia would come in next year and Italy would drop down next year yeah. if that were the case. But if that wasn't the case, then what we what we absolutely must see, you can't you can't have that or nothing. It has to be that or World Rugby and all of the Six Nations countries themselves spread a bit of that TV money, spread the expertise, yeah. spread the coaching because yeah. how good, how, the reason the World Cup was the best World Cup ever is because of the Tier 2 nations. Because yeah. they were all competitive. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd like to see, which has been mentioned before, it's not my idea, is every Tier 1 nation has to have at least one fixture per season against a Tier 2 nation. Yeah. Um, so you, do so they not already do that with the fourth fixture if they have one? They don't have to, though. Right. They don't have to. There's, there's nothing. So they every now and again do, but it's normally against, say, Samoa or... Fiji, who are on that kind of border, who are already pretty developed rugby-wise. It's kind of the way so, cricket is set up, where they have their they have their rankings because the rankings I think mean a bit more in cricket than anything, and they have their rankings. But at some point in a I don't know whether it's two year or three year window, they have to have played every single team. Ah, in, right, okay. In the top, well, yeah, twelve or something like that. Just having an autumn international, like England, could. Seriously, they could fly to Georgia for an autumn international. Oh, absolutely, it's, absolutely. Like logistically, it's very simple. Just, you, just do it. I've got no. I mean, we did get a, a tweet saying, mm, "I'm not sure that uh, Rawls said." I'm not sure on Twitter at Rugby Podcast said, "I'm not sure that Tbilisi has the required cafe culture that rugby fans <laughs> like." <laughs> well, I would love to go on an Exeter's road trip and find out and I'd, report back. I'd definitely go. Have you seen some pictures of Tbilisi? It's meant to be beautiful. Absolutely stunning! Look at look at that! Wow! I'm sure we can find a few uh, a few cafes and nice eateries there. Oh, I should think we can manage that. What I have heard about it is make sure you agree a price for a round of drinks, yeah, or a taxi <laughs> journey before I've you heard take that about it. Latvia. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Next Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast Tour might not be States after all. <laughs> oh, I love. That's all that we're, uh... I loved our excursion to the States. I'll I'll go wherever. <laughs> well, anyway, we we at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to know your thoughts on this one because maybe you have a similar agreement with JB. Maybe you side more with Phil and and myself as well. But what what do you think? What's the future of the Six Nations and the Tier Two Nations at Rugby Podcast on Twitter? Um, just briefly, because we, we moved away from it. We didn't come back to it. So, uh, England are the champions. They go to Australia. Mm-hmm. I quite like that Eddie Jones has already said, yeah, we're, we're going down there. I think we can win two games. I think we'll win the series. I love that arrogance. It should be Com- arrogant. Confidence. Yeah. Confidence. He's got yeah. the deepest player pool of any, well, of any nation. Mm. Uh, you know, He should absolutely be confident. What do England need to do or add or change or get rid of or, what, or sure. whatever in order to make sure that happens not sure they need to change a tremendous amount however they need better play from their fly half don't think George Ford has been nearly as good as he can be Henry Slade Henry Slade well, Henry maybe, Slade Owen, Owen Farrell for me I, I would start Owen Farrell with probably probably Manu if he can get a run of games for last that time. might be the way forward yes hear me now believe me later <laughs> Henry Slade but anyway um, I, th- I think that's the only thing I'd change really I, I would I would I think part of it I've mentioned before Ben Young's picks up and crabs across yep. I think Care gives slicker service so I would have Care starting at nine and with, it, I would actually have him with Owen Farrell and I might want to introduce another scrum half to the mix Robson and Simpson are the two lads that I'd like to see Is Hughes available by summer tour? I think June just misses people, out doesn't June he? June people have said but I'm not sure I'm not sure is the honest mm. answer um, it's it's 2016, but it might be. For I, I hope he gets just close enough to um, be English, and we find out that he's got a Welsh grandparent. <laughs> like a week before, and Gatlin calls him up. Yeah, Gats, what are you doing here? He's got a birth certificate with him. <laughs> Tipex all over. Oh, it. How, how different it could be for Wales if uh, Billy and Mako. We're quite happy Imagine. as it is. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think England have to do much different. To be honest, I think the cha- they do need to make some changes, um, but it's got to be long term. It's long game stuff. It's, there's nothing that you would say, right? Tomorrow they need to start this, 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 because their scrum functioned okay. Their lineouts form functioning much better now. You've got Chris and Itoji, and you've got Hartley performing well. So all good. Right, well, we've got so much still to talk about rugby-wise from the weekend, but not on this podcast. Make sure you download, well, probably tomorrow. Uh, mid-week. If, if, mid, we'll call it the Midweek Domestic Podcast. Yeah. The MWDP will uh, be out on Tuesday. We'll be out on Tuesday. Depending on when you listen to this, it might already be there in the iTunes or ACAST store, uh, but uh, make sure you download that one as well, and we'll be talking about those incredible Jaguars in Super Rugby. We'll be talking about the fantastic win for London Irish, the retirement of Andy Goode, um, what's going on, and what needs to go on at Bath, my date with banners, and um, mm. and much, much more. So Excellent. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Acast and iTunes. Thank you for listening. Nice one, JB. Cheers, Tim. Good work, Phil. Thank you, Tim. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.